Welcome back, Dreadfuls. You're listening to another episode of Left for Dread, the horror podcast for everyone from newbies to fucking fanatics. I'm one of your hosts, Ray. I'm your other host, Chris Sampson. And it's been a minute because I did a thing. <laughs> I got married and <laughs> and then I went on a honeymoon and leading up to the wedding was very stressful. So we took a wee hiatus, but we're back. And we have a new dreadful on the show today. Well, I'm going to let him introduce himself. I'm not going to do it for him. It's not really new. He returns. He, he climbed out of the bottom of the, of the bed or the, the pull-out couch or the sleeping bag, whatever, whatever abomination it is now. Chris, Chris <laughs> just got home from Comic-Con. I'm delirious. Tune in, tu- tune in to Super Nerd Pals for how that turned out. But <laughs> this is Left for Dread. And, and we we're... have Andy. He's back. Yes. It's our Andy's great back. Woo, woo, woo. <laughs> It's our second crossover episode, I, I think. Yeah. Yes. Our yeah, first second. was last year when you two very, very shamefully enjoyed. <laughs> Come on. Deathbed's an Death instant bed. classic. No. no, it's not. Reanimator no. is an instant classic. That is horrible. This is a democracy. You're outnumbered. No, no, this is a dictatorship. <laughs> well, I outnumber both no. of you. <laughs> when we went to go get that John Carpenter poster. Oh, yes. Ryan, um, I was speaking to the guy and I asked him if he watched Deathbed. And he said yes. And I said that movie's amazing. Did he judge you? Yup. <laughs> yeah, he should yep. judge me. He doesn't, he doesn't know true art. He like stopped and he looked at him and he gave him that look that I give both of you when you're... <laughs> Going off on a tangent about something I wholeheartedly disapprove of, and he was like, "It was okay." I was like, "Thank you." But, but no, okay. This is not the time to talk about deathbed. No, that was last year, and it's dead, and it's buried in the past. We established how amazing it is, and the case is no. Closed. You we established are, how amazing we are not it is, revisiting and that's this issue. No, we're not. Anyway, today we are catching up on all the things that I missed while I was out doing adult things like getting married. Um, so we're going to talk about It Chapter 2. I might talk about Midsummer a little because I finally watched it. And then there's just some stuff popping up in horror within the next month and this year that you guys should keep your eyes out for. Hell yeah. Uh, so It Chapter 2, It Chapter 2, uh, Ryan and Andy, you guys watched it, uh, not too long ago. Uh, while I was driving back. Yes, we went <laughs> to the movies and we watched It Chapter 2. It's been a minute because I saw I saw It Chapter 2 uh, opening weekend, which was... Yeah, you saw it when it came out like a lucky dog. It came out while I was on my honeymoon. Oh, yeah, wow. September 6th. Wow. that It's already October 6th. That's crazy. It Chapter 2. Amazing. Um, the, the, um, the follow-up film to it, uh, directed by Andy, wow, Machete, Machete, I want to see Machete, Machete, I don't know, it's, I'm sorry. Um, uh, and screenplay by Gary Doman, um, and this time, uh, the adults are here to play, uh, so we got Jessica Chastain, Jason McAvoy, Bill Hader, Isaiah Mustafa, Jay Ryan, uh, James Ransone, Andy Bean, and of course, Pennywise himself, Bill Skarsgård. 
So, the one thing that I was worried about going into it too, that I don't think I like resolved within myself was James McAvoy. Really? Do you not have a record of liking his stuff or no 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 i love him and i love watching him on screen but there was just something about watching him as bill that i couldn't wrap my finger around i was like this is fine (laughs) but i'm not blown away everybody else was perfect casting i i gotta say i gotta say bill Hader stole the show i love he was the 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 best Oh, yeah. oh, 100%. Yeah. He he is easily the best part of of all of this. I do I so I did purchase uh The Making of It by Andy Muschietti. And if you don't have it or if you have a friend that does, borrow it from them and thumb through it because you get to see all of the love and dedication that Andy put into both of these films and where he took it and I have such an appreciation for shit like that. Again, the only thing, and they even show you the losers club, like side by side, 27 years after the fact. And again, the only person that was cast that I was just sort of like, eh, over was James McAvoy. And don't ask me who I would have, who I would have cast in his place. Cause I don't have an answer for you. Okay. You knew that was the next question. I know, I did. I knew it was going to be the follow-up. So I'm just like saying, I'm just throwing that out there. It's not that James McAvoy did a bad job, but I was just sort of like, eh. And I couldn't tell you who I would want to put in his place. I mean, I easily, James McAvoy is one of the biggest names on top of there. But even then, I mean, this this cast is pretty stacked. It's a, it truly is an ensemble cast. And... um. I don't know. I I really enjoy James McAvoy's stuff. Um, and I I thought it was great. Um, I don't think, not not just to disparage his performance, but Bill Hader's performance really stuck out. Um, Jessica Chastain was great. Um, and I don't know. I I don't know about Jay Ryan. Like I legit thought, uh, he was, or Jay was like Josh Harnett, but like he had like a makeover or something, but, um, this is at least my first, uh, encounter with Jay Ryan. He's, a apparently a pretty well-known Z- New Zealand actor. Um, he's, he's done a lot of Australian soap operas and comedies, and he's also internationally known for a program called Top of the Lake. So I'm, I'm great. Oh, he's also been in he was in a CW show called Beauty and the Beast. That's right. And a Canadian TV series called Mary Kills People. Who's Mary and why does she kill people? Pff, I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, we'll, we'll explore that. Maybe maybe this is a horror TV show. We should explore it. I'll look into it. Uh, but yeah, um, this is his breakout role. And I thought he played... Uh, been really well he was still so awkward even as an adult and i think that that only added to it i think that i don't know if that was method acting or just really good acting or maybe he's just a really awkward person who knows maybe it was all part of the plan i i really enjoyed jay ryan's performance but hands down bill Hader. 
I thought he was the best. I, I loved all those memes where they're where Finn Wolfhard and, and Bill Hader are doing press together and side by side and they're like exact clones of each other but 30 years apart and I <laughs> it's just so good. So one thing that I know that I've probably brought up either to both of you in private or even on one of the shows is I love Stephen King. I love his writing. But reading it, I hated the ending. And I like how that was a running gag in this movie with James McAvoy's character, how he can't write endings because it is notorious for people hating the ending of the movie and the book because it's a giant pregnant space spider on the back of a sea turtle or something. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Oh, Stephen King absolutely was on drugs when he wrote this, which is why, like, it's it's fucking trippy and it's weird and it's so stupid. Is it before or after, like, he expanded upon, like, this extended cosmology of, like, the turtle and, like, the, the Randall flag, the, the black man and... Um, I honestly don't remember. But what I do remember is that I was always wondering how this was going to end <clears throat> because I knew that if the re- the director used the original ending, it was going to be stupid. There's no way to make that scary. It's just dumb. It's bad. So the only other thing to do would be to change the ending. How, how do you change the ending without m- making it even funnier? And he did an okay job with what he had. I understood where he was trying to go with it. That doesn't make it any less, like, slightly amusing. Like, the ritual of Chud. Anybody seen the movie Chud? Like, Mm. it's... (laughs) (laughs) He did the best he could. (laughs) I liked what he changed, though. I really did. And I thought I was going to hate it. I did like what he changed. But the ritual of Chud. Come the fuck on. (laughs) <laughs> I love how the the movie was very tongue in cheek. I forget who was saying it. It might have been Bill, Bill Hader, but it was like, "Oh, guys, not gonna turn into a giant spider." He said it was gonna turn into a pomeranian <laughs> or something, and then there he was. <laughs> oh, but I like that because then later on they see the pomeranian, exactly. and it, it's great. It's it's very good. I think the. I, I don't think this happened in the book. I think the addition of making... Because it definitely didn't happen in the miniseries. The addition of making Richie gay. And that's why he's like the funny man. And he's alone. And that's why everyone's like, no, Richie, you didn't get married. I can't see you getting married. Well, why can't you see him getting married? Is because there was always a part of him that was a- afraid of something besides... Pennywise and in the flashbacks you got to see a little bit of that which was nice but Pennywise also first hints at it early in the uh, early in the movie yeah when it's I think it's during the flashback where he's sitting on top of the Paul Bunyan statue yeah yeah which by the way that whole scene is so good I love the balloons where he flies down I love the people all the townspeople in the back that just stop and then they start swaying with him I mean I Andy Muschietti has there's something wrong with his fucking brain (laughs) 
Which is great for this movie. It's a no, no. There is because the stuff that you saw at the Chinese restaurant. What the fuck was that? <laughs> Which is <laughs> it was good, but That's a what the fuck That's a was that? The disembodied zombie baby heads that were singing to them. Jesus fucking oh, Christ! Who Let's just talk about the eyeball. Oh yeah, the eyeball that came out of the. F- First of all, I want someone to get that as a tattoo. Andy, I nominate you. I'll, I'll take that nomination. <laughs> like, I want the tentacle eyeball coming out of the fortune cookie. <laughs> I just love how how much uh, Andy Machete like he he just puts more body horror than I would ever expect from this movie, and it's like, oh, it's, I love it. I, mean, I was eating all of it up, like all those grotesque scenes. Yes. Well, yeah, I was talking to Ryan about that um, while we were watching the movie about how, like, I love how they're overly dramatic with Bill Skarsgård's um, disembodiment and stuff. I, and I just love that running meme where um, we've seen it all, all over social media where Bill Hader didn't know about Bill Skarsgård's ability to, like, look in different directions. And he and he did it in <laughs> yes! front of him on set. And, like, Bill Hader's like, starts running away well those are those set photos that got leaked that everyone's like well it looks like you guys are having a really good time and initially around the first go around bill Hader was like oh we're probably talking about music we only found that out after when they went on a press tour after the movie was released that that is the real reason behind those leaked set photos (laughs) which makes it 10 times better i think it's very good I was really afraid I was going to hate this movie. Now, did I like it as much as the first one? No, because he really tortured those kids. He put them through hell. He had Bill Skarsgård spit on them, drool on them. He had them like get really physical with them. And that, the first one was, was, like, was definitely more terrifying than I had anticipated. And maybe it's because they're younger kids. I don't know. But with this, this got gorier in other respects. Um, like there wasn't like actual actual murder. Yes, exactly. It wasn't as much about manhandling the people, and it wasn't about ne- like I when I'm watching it too. I'm not thinking like, oh, these actors are gonna come out completely traumatized from this movie. I felt like that watching it chapter one. Like, these kids could get really fucked up from doing this movie. I also feel like that there's um, maybe Pennywise in this one is thinking that, like, they overcame those fears in the first one and they want to fuck with these adults in a different way. I Yeah, okay. I mean, maybe. I guess I just... There was so much to unpack in the first one when he when you see him really gunning for those kids, especially in the house on Kneebolt. So I guess I was expecting more of those punches. I think Pennywise said in like the first movie, like children have a more powerful imagination. Therefore, they have like more intense bouts of fear. And like Pennywise describes fear as like flavoring the meat. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. Because he says tasty, tasty, beautiful fear in the first one. Yeah, so I think with adults, like like Andy alluded to, you got to like approach it from a different way or Pennywise has to 
dig a little bit deeper into uh, tap back into like this childhood traumas like because all most of the adults like they just forgot everything he did do an homage to this pregnant space spider thing that we yeah. made pennywise a giant spider at the end but i didn't have an issue with it because it left all the other bullshit out but there were also two subplots of the book in the miniseries that they left out of chapter two that I was actually kind of happy about. And it didn't bother me that the, that it wasn't in there. One of them is when Bill leaves, his wife comes after him. Yeah, which they do, which they, which they do homage in the miniseries. Yes, she gets taken by Pennywise and gets pulled into the deadlights. And then after Pennywise gets killed, she's basically comatose. And he takes her... He takes her riding on his bike after everyone leaves, and that's what snaps her out of it. It was left over. It wasn't really important, so I'm happy that they didn't include it in this one either. I'm trying to recall. I don't think they ever reference James McAvoy having a wife in this film. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah. at the beginning when he gets called to set, she's practicing oh, her faces right. in, the, yes. in the mirror, and he's like, oh, your husband's here. And then the other thing is Beverly's husband actually comes after her. There's a couple of chapters where he's like actively tracking her down and trying to find her to kill her because she beat the shit out of him and then left. But again, none of that happened. So like we don't see any of that. And I actually don't like it didn't bother me at all. I was like, okay, great. You didn't have to touch that. It wasn't necessary. I mean, horror movies generally tend to be pretty tight. I think... Pennywise, or I'm sorry, this movie was about like two and a half hours long, I think. It was two hours and 50 minutes. Yeah, so, I mean, it's pretty dense, and I think it's always it's always a, a struggle trying to figure out what to cut, what to leave in, and I mean, I think it's a, it's a dense work to begin with, so I, th- I think the choices that Andy made, I think they were smart, and I, I, I especially like... The wife B plot, like I knew that was a pretty big plot in like the miniseries. It just it wouldn't have added anything to this if he included it. Exactly, it just it would just seem like it would have added a longer runtime. I'm gonna say like with horror movies, especially if they're too long, I wind up losing my attention. Oh yeah, real quick. Oh yeah, and this movie was almost three hours mm-hmm. and kept my attention the entire time. Yeah, I mean, so I will, and I I told Andy this while we were watching it. Um. This was this chapter was almost split into two movies because the director wanted to explore Pennywise's origin and do a little bit more detail on that. And I'm happy he ultimately changed his mind because while I disagree with the fact that Annabelle got turned into an independent movie, it would be if you're going to do an origin story on Pennywise, you should do something like that. The Annabelle doll is part of the Conjuring universe. And then someone decided, oh, we're going to turn Annabelle into a standalone film. So Pennywise is obviously part of the It universe because it's the villain of the universe. And if you're going to do an origin story, that's unnecessary, but fine. And if you're going to do it, it should be completely separate from It. As a whole. Like, don't... Because the book never touched it. Like, it talked about it briefly when it was explaining it to the kids as, like, a pregnant space spider. But it was so convoluted and stupid that you can't really follow it. So if you want to try and, like, take an origin story, whether it's based on that or 
what Andy created in this movie. Be my guest. I might not spend money on it, but be my guest. I mean, maybe, maybe Andy's sick, twisted mind. If it's anything, <laughs> if it's anything like what we saw when Beverly goes back to her dad's apartment, like while he's sitting there, like oh, like human <laughs> older guy, obviously meant to be like her quote unquote father, and he like cuts the paint into his face. Which, if I don't see that as like a Halloween get up i'll be real disappointed because i'm not doing it this year otherwise it would be me (laughs) that as a potential origin story would be more interesting than what stephen king wrote and that's saying something because i love stephen king (laughs) but he he done fucked up the ending of this book (laughs) so like are you talking about actual whatever the fuck pennywise is or are you talking about the the like backstory Pennywise gave himself kind of which is that he was like a father that joined the circus and well because Pennywise is its favorite form yeah I feel like there's a way to combine the two of them if only if Andy Muschietti is the one to do it if he doesn't do it we're all fucked you can't do that without him I don't think it's necessary Chris creating an Annabelle movie wasn't necessary but somebody did it I'm just saying if you're going to do it. (laughs) Plus, I would love to see Bill Skarsgård play Pennywise, but like minus the makeup also. I think that scene was really cool. Yeah. When the circus first rolls into Derry. Yeah, basically. Yeah, I just, I think that that, obviously it would be standalone for a lot of reasons because Stephen King didn't do this. So it would truly be its own thing. And if it flops, cool. And if it doesn't, also cool. Um, I think that the two components that you need for a movie like that are Bill Skarsgård and Andy Muschietti. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it can't be done, in my opinion. It it, it fails. Just, just, just let Bill Skarsgård be creepy, and except in a different time period. You can flesh out like different tragedies. Like You can start it from all the way to the beginning to the disappearance of Derry's 300 Settlers. Or it could be all about the ironworks explosion. Well, we would go further back than that, though, because remember when Ben in chapter one is showing the kids the pictures of the ironworks and all that stuff. Pennywise as the clown is there. So it would have to be long before that. I guess uh, how much of the cosmic horror stuff do you want in it, if at all? Like... Like, I mean, I, I guess we roughly saw, like, oh, yeah, we, we know it came from an asteroid and it struck Earth and, and then, like, this ancient evil, you know. That's fine. We got it. That's it. Okay. So just like, just like, just like Captain Exposition, five minutes or less, now we're going to move on to, like, Bill Skarsgård. Even if they want to take that clip and have it be somebody else explaining it, as long as it's that clip, like, almost verbatim, cool. It's fine. I don't think it's even, I mean, if you really want to get nitpicky about it. Maybe go into how Deadlights and Pennywise are connected because you see them existing separately in the sequel. And I'm sure people who haven't read the book or seen the miniseries would probably be like, I don't understand what the fuck's going on. Because I know the first time I saw it, I had people behind me that were like, what the fuck are we watching? So if you if you don't understand it, then sure, fine. You can do a little bit of that. But Mike explained it. it. He explained basically a brand new origin story 
in it chapter two. That's it. We're good. You don't need to do that. You just like in the new Spider-Man movies, how you don't need to show him getting bit by the spider every single time. You don't need to show him coming to Earth and doing all that shit. He was there already. We got it. Done. Yeah. Just give us Bill Skarsgård. Exactly. Just give me that. That's fine. By the way, uh, best cameo of this movie, Stephen King was in it, which is a great fucking compliment to the director who cameoed himself, which I was like, <laughs> well done. Well done. Stephen King playing playing a grumpy pawn shop owner. Oh, no. The best, the best was Stephen King basically poking jabs at himself. Yeah. <laughs> so... Apparently behind him in the uh, pawn shop are a bunch of license plates. And if you look really closely, one of them is Christine's license plate. Oh, cool. That's awesome. I'm very sad that um, that I missed Keystone Comic Con, which was sometime in like third week of August. Um, I was in Toronto at the time, but John Carpenter was there and they had a replica of Christine um on site and you can take photos with it and stuff like ah no chris you and i had a whole discussion about this what did i say i said i wanted that car as a wedding present uh, <laughs> we could have you done it. fucked up chris uh, we christopher you done fucked up you got a really cool pennywise print i have several because have several. of chris i yeah. do i really do i have a little one that just stands up like, leans up against a DVD box, Oh, right? that one is actually really nice. He's real cute. And then I have two more. <laughs> Still would not describe that as cute. He's very it's so cute. Adorbs. It's going to be on Twitter and on Instagram. I'll take a picture of it. My, my secret goal is to send Ryan enough Pennywise art prints and like, art cards so she can decorate her t- entire wall and freak out Tom with them. It'd be great. <laughs> if I was married to Richie Tozer, it would work perfectly. <laughs> I'll let you know, at one point or another, Tom is going to fucking kill you. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, I, he, yeah. It won't, it won't just be Chris, though. I mean, like, look, look, look at this. It's just going to keep getting bigger. But, but you see, when it's just you, it's one thing but now you have chris encouraging you (laughs) and adding extra (laughs) when i told him that okay so just quick story time when i told my husband that chris was sending me something in the mail for the wedding he was like oh that was really nice i said yeah I don't know what it's going to be, so I'm a little scared. <laughs> and he was it's like, a clown head. It's right. Pennywise's head in the right. Well, actually, that gives me an idea. I'll, I'll, let me get. <laughs> you just see like a like a, a mannequin head. It's just like it's like a mold of. I'm gonna Bill get Hayden. a bleeding package one day. Is what's gonna happen. So. Fast forward to when I get it in the mail. And I was like, oh my God, babe, look how great this is. Look how fucking cool. And he's like, yeah, okay. And then I pulled this little guy out. I was like, look how cute. And he's like, where the fuck are you going to put all this? <laughs> I was like, I I was like in, my, in the podcast corner. I was like, it's just going to go above my head. He's like, you're going to run out of room. I was like, I will move shit around. I was like, I will find space for this. Andy's questioning my life choices right now. (laughs) (laughs) No, never, never. Okay, before I forget, uh, going back to John Carpenter, hands down, my favorite moment of this film was when they blatantly homage the thing where, like, the spider head, 
like grows like the head act grows with spider legs and then bill Hader says that epic line like you gotta be fucking with me or you have a fucking kidding me and it's just it's like oh my god i started cracking and dying because like they just john carpenter my, my man they they well, that plus the fact when they open the door with the Pomeranian, the quick switch that it does also very much reminded me of the thing. Yes, the the, the terrifying scene where the dog just like, its mouth rips open. That's the scariest part of the movie because I was like, no puppy. I don't give I like, a fuck about humanity, just no puppy. I just love how Bill Hader is standing there at the door like, sit. And then the dog sits, and Bill's like, oh, okay, it's just a dog. He's very nope. cute. Look how cute he is. And then, <laughs> uh, Favorite moments? Oh, that was, hands down, my favorite moment. Like, no content. Anything with Bill Hader on screen, honestly, was a favorite moment of mine. He really did steal the movie. And I also found out that he's also a tr- huge, like, true crime oh, fan. Oh, sweet. <laughs> does, does, he, does he secretly do, like, a true crime podcast that we don't know about we should totally follow bill Hader, wink wink nudge nudge i mean if he does i'm going to find it <laughs> i already keep track of everything that like billy jensen and paul holes does like paul holes has a new show on oxygen called the dna of paul holes hashtag hot for holes i did not start that hashtag <laughs> <laughs> that was started but by my favorite murder <laughs> so everyone go watch that True crime note aside, um, seriously, anything. I think I think when you and I talked about it, chapter one, I said that Finn Wolfhard stole the movie. So it feels very right and very correct that Bill Hader stole this movie. It's just weird because like half the shit that Bill Hader was saying, I could see Finn Wolfhard saying exactly. also. And it was just... That's how and, you know it was, it was vice A+. Versa plus. Too. Exactly. Exactly. That's how for, you know it's A+. For all we know, casting. they're the same person. It's just... You've seen the two time... of them in the same room. It's not the same no, person. Time, no, time Time, 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 par- time yes, paradox. Yes. Time paradox. Oh my God, it's not Gemini <laughs> Man. Okay. They are not the same person. Both y'all chill this out. This is way better than Gemini I'm Man. Gonna it's not even smack now yet. you we next know time better. I see you, Chris. <laughs> never. Never. <laughs> I'm sorry. So, Andy, what was your favorite moment? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I didn't think about that. There were, there were a lot of pretty good moments. I think if I have to get nitpicky about something that I thought this movie lacked, only because the first one was so full of it, was just more Pennywise. Yeah, it felt it felt like there 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 seemed to be less Pennywise that here. Like I don't know. I guess they were trying to focus on uh. The adults, like the emotional trauma or like the trauma of forgetting their original trauma and then rediscovering like, oh shit, like, this actually happened and trying to, it, it was more of like a character study to try to see like where they are and how they never really moved on. But then through self-actualization, like the power of friendship and, you know, they, they get over themselves, they get over their, they actually can proceed, but it definitely... It definitely felt like there was less Pennywise, even though it was like a three-hour film, which doesn't. I mean, obviously in the third act, there was it was it was everywhere, like, and it was very climactic. But yeah, Andy, what was your favorite part? That fucking creaking door. <laughs> okay, it's so creepy. Just, just real quick, while Chris was talking, 
in my I live on the first floor in my apartment building, okay? There are two doors to get into the apartment building. The first one is to get into the front door where people can buzz you in or you walk in. So there you go. That door creaks a lot. And I, I someone just came home because this was the first time Andy heard it. So while Chris is talking, I'm trying really hard not to make eye contact with Andy because he looks so freaked out. And I'm just sitting here laughing because... It, it's just very on brand for all of this that you're going to hear a creaking door halfway through this episode. Because I'm going to leave it in. Minus the facts that we've been hearing noises in your apartment all fucking night. Yeah, we have. That's really weird. And they're not like the usual noises of like our really noisy episodes. <laughs> we like heard something happening in the kitchen. And I was like, I'm just not going to go look. <laughs> I'll just leave it there. It's okay. Whatever anyway, it is, it'll still be there when we're done. On to my favorite part. <laughs> I think one of my favorite parts of the movie was actually where they were in the the Chinese restaurant. And they all come to like the same realization that once they got the phone call from Mike, that they all just like flipped the fuck out. And they didn't understand why. Oh, yeah. Like, um, Eddie said that he crashed his car. Bill threw up. They all started re-experiencing fear for the first time yeah. in 27 years. Which, can you imagine, if you don't ever remember what being afraid felt like, feeling that for the first time? And, like, the psychosomatic reaction, like, your heart, elevated heart rate, like, you feel nausea, like, your tightness of breath, and you just don't know why. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, immediately after is that beautiful scene where, like, the fucking, like, what we talked about, the, uh the fortune cookies turn into like weird ass fucking creatures. Yeah. Except the one that never got fully out of the cookie. That was just like a bat wing that was just flying around. <laughs> with the cookie. All right. <laughs> so it's hilarious. Cause there's weird nerd tangent, but there's this Yu-Gi-Oh card <laughs> and it looks just like that. I'm it out. looks just like that. <laughs> I think a bit that I thoroughly enjoyed and sort of gave you a hint as to where this movie could potentially go was the disembodied baby heads that were decaying oh, in the yep, fish tanks yep. that were singing all at the same time. I was sitting there and I was going, oh my God, this is so good. Like I should have been horrified, but I was just like, yeah. And you're like, I wonder how this would look in my apartment. <laughs> I know I really wanted a fish tank full of like decaying disembodied baby heads. Nobody send me <laughs> baby heads. Please. It's An- not Another really weird scene that I was like, what? It was where they had the three doors of like not scary, um, scary and most scary. Oh yeah. And then when they opened the most scary door, it was just a torso running at them. So yeah, so that's so that was basically um, in the f- in the first one when they pick not scary at all. Yeah, it's uh, Betty Ripsom, but it's the other half of her. Yeah, and she says, "Has anyone seen my shoe?" And then she's just hanging, so it's the top half of her. So in this one, when they open oh, the door, the it says, "Has anyone seen my shoe?" And it's just her legs. And I was like, "Okay, good fucking job." <laughs> all in all, I'm 
content with it chapter two i get that there were going to be differences with the way the first one was done and the way the second one was done um if i have to put the two of them up against each other i like the first one better but only by like a very small margin because of more pennywise in the first one and Pretty much because of how psychologically traumatizing the first one is in comparison to the second one. So that's just that's just how I felt after I've now seen the second one twice. I don't know how you guys feel about about it. I, I so I've watched um the first it movie maybe like oh god, like two to three months before this or before chapter two came out and it's like i was pretty bummed there was no theaters and like someone correct me if i was mistaken um at least on the east coast like i i didn't see anywhere that they were doing like a double feature for the movie no, i wanted I that so that. badly i didn't see that either that's such a missed opportunity um so i mean i could i mean it chapter two is still in theaters um it may not be in 40x anymore but if it's still i would love to see each other two in 40x just to see like just just to have the seats move every time pennywise comes out or like or like when the whole like when the like the leopard like starts spewing like vomit in your in, in the movie like they start spraying mist in your face because that's what 40x does also i'm gonna if if Chris is seeing this in 40X. He doesn't know, but I'm going to be in the movie theater. And every time Pennywise drools, I'm going to drool on Chris. Oh, there he is. I got you, Chris. Yes, I was was joking with my my coworker. Um, Actually, this movie movie just opening so many doors. Because uh, when I was talking about It Chapter 2, like other like coworkers um who i've known for about like nine months like they started perking up I was like oh my god i love it it's like oh, you love horror too so we just have we have like this budding work office horror bonding club going on and my one coworker is like so uh every every week i was like a running gag it's like, it's like oh my god have you seen it yet and like you know we're, so we're all adults so sometimes it's really hard to go out and see the movie but you know they were just reveling in my enthusiasm and then later <laughs> we were talking about it again and then i found out that my other one of the co the same coworker, she's really into true crime so we, then we started talking about like my favorite murder and like uh, mine hunter and how much she loves it it's like oh my god so okay i have more recommendations for said coworker if they want them yes Please do. Uh, listen listen to Murder Squad. Murder Squad. <laughs> it's Billy Jensen and Paul Holes together. That, I love that title. That's amazing. Yeah. There's Murder <laughs> Squad. <laughs> it's amazing. Billy Jensen is like a six foot three, like gigantor crime writer. He's wonderful. Go read Chase Darkness with me. I have a copy of it on my shelf. And um, I already... I already plugged Paul Holes' new TV show on Oxygen, so go watch that. I think that drops October 11th or 12th. Uh, but yeah, anyway, back to the uh, that actual topic. Uh, I I really enjoyed this movie. I can't say for sure if I liked 
the first movie more because I I just I would rather just like do a back to back viewing and give my assessment then. I, I will give you that the first it just it's just chock full of Pennywise and that's like the number one reason to see it. Just Bill Skarsgård just unchained, just being super creepy and extra, and I really felt like there wasn't enough um of pennywise torturing and like having fun with it i mean there's plenty but i just want more just like i need it just give me that give me my fix exactly that's exactly how i felt uh i really liked both of them um i would probably agree with ryan that i slightly like the first one better but it's mostly because a more pennywise and b more torture but I also like how the second one is more of like a psychological thriller than it is like... Than it is pure horror. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're different and I get that. But, you know, when you have a chapter one and a chapter two, you do run into the inevitability that they are going to be pitted up against each other. And... And chapter two is significantly longer than the than first cha- one. Not by much, though. Only by about 20, 30 minutes. That's all? Yeah. Yeah, it, there's only about, uh, maybe maybe not even that, but I'm pretty sure it's only by about 20, 30 minutes difference between the two of them. Just on another horror note, besides It Chapter 2, I finally watched Midsommar. I don't know about the rest of you. You know I didn't. <laughs> that movie is two and a half hours long. There's 30 extra minutes of footage if you watch the director's cut. I have the direct, so I bought Midsommar as part of a bundle through Apple. It was $20 for that movie and Hereditary in the same bundle. Part of the extras for Midsommar is the entire director's cut. I'm telling you, this movie was like the director took drugs and took us with him while they were, while you're like submerged in this movie. There are points where, like, the food and the nature just looks like it's breathing and moving, and it's fucking weird and and creepy. And if you just want something, if anyone who saw Hereditary, Hereditary was unnerving, but it was good. You want something like that? Watch Midsommar. It'll do the exact same shit to you. I, uh, yes, and we should definitely, I mean, then we, we should bring back Andy. And we should definitely do a, a follow-up episode for Midsommar. I could not agree more. I'm down with that. And I'm definitely going to watch the director's cut because I need a comparison. <laughs> you two can watch the regular one. <laughs> I need a comparison. Because I watched two and a half hours and I was like, what the fuck could you possibly be missing from this movie? How There's long is the director's cut? Three hours. So it's the like movie a half is two an hour and a half. Difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The movie is two and a half hours. There's 30 extra minutes of footage for what I don't, I could not fucking tell you. And now this movie is going to have like, like the Watchmen. There's going to be an ultimate cut. I, it's going to be four hours. Oh my God, I can't. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> and then the ultimate director's cut, six hours. Get out of here, Chris. That's only if you direct a movie. But <laughs> this is true. <laughs> It's like we wasted. I mean, we spent all this time filming. We might as well just put everything in. You know, it's fine. That would be Chris as a director. Just tell the editor, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. Just leave it. Chris would be like, 40, 40 takes? <laughs> Fucking throw them all. Leave them all in. One right after the other. 
So you choose which one you like best. Choose your this own adventure. Choose your own adventure. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, choose we... which take you want. <laughs> it'll be like, like Chris it'll, Sampson. It'll be like Black Mirror Banner Snatch. I would totally do that. That was a really fun episode. I enjoyed that one. That was a really good episode. So for those of you keeping up with what's new in the horror world, I have been like perusing everything on Shudder because Shudder is, we're not sponsored by Shudder. I'm going to specify that right now, but Shudder is fucking killing it in terms of horror. The taking of Deborah Logan is now on there. If you're a fan of found footage, yes, go watch this. Um, They have a couple of Shudder originals that I haven't gotten to yet that, the reviews sound make it sound incredible. There's Tigers Are Not Afraid, The Furies. Um, I think there's there's an Asian zombie movie that's on there right now that looks really fucking great. Is it is it tied to Train to Busan in any way? No, it's completely separate, but it just it looks so good and, and really entertaining. And then on top of all of that, Shudder paired with Greg Nicotero of The Walking Dead, and they brought back fucking Creepshow as a TV series. Two episodes have been released so far. Episode two has a cameo by an oldie bit of goodie in terms of horror. If you... I'll give you a hint. Reanimator. That's all I'm going to say. And... It was fan-fucking-tastic. They also released the schedule for what is coming out later this month in October. I will have a picture of that up on our Twitter and our Instagram account. Also on the website for you guys to look at. And it also includes when each one of the Creepshow episodes will drop. I'm telling you, they brought back Creepshow with a fucking fury and vengeance. It's so good. It has everything that you loved about the original Creep Show. And I'm going to end this with I got a Creep Show poster from New York Comic Con signed by the creep who was sitting there in the chair my life was made. <laughs> so I'm done. <laughs> so, yeah, we should add that to the queue. Uh, I don't know if we could, if we should do like a week by week Creep Show. Review. I mean, that's a little bit ambitious, but why not? Chris, last year we released two episodes a week for the entire month of October. I think we can handle a creep show week by week when they release it. A commentary track. I have faith. Right. I have faith in us to do this. Okay. Let's do it. I'm I'm excited. Okay, done. So look for that. Andy, was there any horror-related stuff that you wanted to talk about? Um, I think for me, like it was, it was all just like it chapter two, and I still have to see uh, scary stories to tell in the dark, which I'm really sad at. I haven't Ooh, seen. I, I actually saw that. Oh, I didn't see that. Oh my god! Oh, I know. so for once, I'm ahead Yo. of the game. Yeah, you're Ooh, a little surprise, ahead. Surprise. I haven't seen that. Andy, you want to give us like, a quick good? non-spoiler review or thoughts on it? Yeah, the story was. Uh, I mean. I liked it, but like, I don't know, it felt a little weird. Well, um, didn't Guillermo del Toro direct it? Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a little case in point. He's a little weird. It's case in point. Well, I mean, look, I actually have all three uh, scary stories to tell in the dark. Like, books, well, like here. So that's the thing. They took a little bit of like each story and then they changed them a little bit. So. Mm. 
some of them are for the better, and then some of them are just like, why did you have to add that in? Mm. Okay, well, I feel like that you run the risk of that when you adapt anything, so that sounds pretty normal. Um, I will make it a goal to go see that. I know that the documentary for the making of Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark is currently on Amazon Prime. So, oh, really? Yep. I need to see that. So if you haven't seen that, you should go take a look. I'm avoiding watching it no matter how badly I want to because I haven't seen Scary Stories yet. Um, I know there's a part of me that will probably reread all three books before <laughs> I, I watch it. So that's where my brain is. <laughs> Research. All right. On that note. Thank you for listening to another episode of Left 4 Dread. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Literally everything helps. You can listen to us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and now Spotify every single fucking Friday unless otherwise told. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Left 4 Dread Pod. We have a group on Facebook. Don't forget you can also find us at leftfordread.com. So yeah, stay tuned. We have um, lots of irons in the fire. So we're going to do some creep show stuff. We're going to do a Midsommar episode. We're going to have Andy on again. So thank you so much, Andy, for being on the show. And uh, Thank you guys for having me on. Hell yeah, always a pleasure. Um, So uh, as always, thank you everyone for listening. And don't forget, (laughs) stay (laughs) dreadful.
Hell yeah, always a pleasure. Um, so, uh, as always, thank you everyone for listening, and don't forget, stay dreadful!